part one of persistent. And in this series, we're going to look at what it means to really be persistent after God. What a life that is persistent after God should really, really look like. I heard a story this week about a persistent pastor, and he had this problem in his church. There was a problem with alcohol abuse happening in his church. And he decided that this needed to come down. I mean, these, they weren't really alcoholics, but they would like to go out and they would like to party and they would like to drink. And he was just fed up with that whole lifestyle. He was done with it. So he dedicated a whole message series, a month long, to solving this problem. And then in the last message, in, in, the, in the last time he was going to be speaking about it, he got up on the stage and he said, I wish that I could take every beer can and throw it into the river and dump it out there and just have it wash away. And then right after that, he said, I wish I could take every bottle of wine and throw it in the river and let it wash away. And then he finally got to the last point. This is the closing point of the message. And he said, you know, I wish that I could just take all the alcohol, all the whiskey, everything, and just dump it in the river. And it was a very sober moment. And and all the people were, were really convicted at that moment. And the worship pastor came back up on the stage and he was about to lead the congregation in worship right after that. And he had a, this terrified look on his face. And as he comes up, he goes, all right, everyone, please sing along with us. Open up your hymn books. We're going to be singing this song, Let Us Go to the River. And so everything that the pastor had just been saying, the worship pastor just contradicted. And the whole song was based about going to the river and drinking of the goodness of the river. And the pastor had just been talking about how he's going to dump all the beer. Some of you guys, that took a couple of seconds for you guys to get there. All right. Okay. I'll explain things a little bit slower and a little bit better next time. Uh, but his, he was so persistent on him, persistent on it, and that kind of backfired on him. Another person that I know is really persistent is our speaker who was on the street at Tuscarora. Um, a lot of you guys met him. It was Kevin. And if you guys don't know him, he was a really good friend of mine from Nyack College. And uh, he came and spoke on our retreat at Tuscarora. And um, I don't know if you guys noticed this about Kevin, but he always had a hat on. Did anyone notice that? Like, he never... That, that doesn't have a hat on. Even, like, when we were in college, he's gotten a little bit better. Now he's starting to wear different hats. At the time, he only wore one hat, and it was disgusting. And everyone used to make fun of him for it, and especially me. And so we lived together in a room, and he even slept with it, and it was just creepy. And so one night, we because we, we were weird, every night before bed, we used to say goodnight to each other. So it would be like, goodnight, Kevin, goodnight, Joey, goodnight, Josh. It was very cute of us. We were like a big family. And so me being a wise guy, I was like, all right, goodnight, Kevin's hat after that. And Kevin slept in the bunk right on top of me. And I will never forget this, mostly because he was so persistent about it. But he leaned down. He looked at me. And it was dark. So I, I could, all I could see was really the outline of his hat in his face. And he was like, goodnight, Joey you little jerk. And he, and he said that to me. And, and you guys might think I'm joking when I say this, but I'm completely serious. Every morning and every night before bed for that whole year. So every night I waited for it. It was, good night, Kevin. Good night, Matt. Good night, Joey. You little jerk. Every single night he said that to me. And he would not let it go. Probably because I used to make fun of his hat so much. And I kind of deserved that. But he was persistent with it. And he wouldn't give up with it. And uh, that's kind of the kind of persistency we're talking about tonight. Something that just doesn't end. Something that keeps pushing. Something that just keeps working towards something. See, guys, here's what I believe. Is I believe that we are persistent people. When we want something, we'll do whatever we can to get that. We will ask, we will beg, we will plead until we get what we want. 
And just kind of like in that movie with Ralphie, he really wanted that BB gun. And I can kind of relate to Ralphie. What I wanted when I was younger was this Ghostbusters backpack. And I I just wanted it so bad. One day, I was like 10 years old. I was walking through the mall with my mom. And there I saw this kid. And then this kid changed my life forever. He had this brown jumpsuit on. It was like the legit Ghostbusters suit. And on his back, he had it. He had what I wanted. The pack, man. He had the legit pack on his back with the thing that came off and you zapped in the ghost. And I just wanted it so bad. And every day until Christmas, I begged my mom. I said, Mom, I want that. I want that Ghostbusters backpack. And I begged and I pleaded every day until Christmas. And then Christmas came. And I opened up all my presents and I was so excited. And that was the one thing I was looking for. And I got a lot of other good things that year. But that year, I didn't get the Ghostbuster backpack. And a little part of me died that day. And I will never be the same because of that. But I was so let down because I wanted it so bad. And I was begging for it. And I was pleading with it. And I didn't get it no matter how persistent I was. And guys... I feel like we can be persistent about things that we want, like material things and other things in our life. But you know what's really sad? As I think when it comes to God, we're not very persistent. We give up pretty easily. See, guys, there's good kinds of persistency and there's bad kinds of persistency. A good kind of persistency is if you work really hard at your grades and you keep going at it until you get on the high honor roll or in sports or in music, you work really hard until you gain that goal. But then there's bad persistency too. And bad persistency will be something like this. Let let me talk to the guys for a second because maybe you'll understand this. Guys, if you like a girl and she doesn't like you and it's really clear that she'll never, ever like you, it's not okay to be persistent with that. That's called being creepy and a stalker. So please don't be persistent like that. I got one more, guys, because these are life lessons. I'm sneaking into the message. I'll charge you guys for that later. But with this next part is if you have a best friend and he is dating a girl and you like that girl, it's not okay to like that girl and still be persistent with that. That's just a life lesson I would like for you guys to learn right there. That's just in general. I don't even know when anyone's talking. No hands. But... Those, so those are good ty- types of persistency and bad types. And I want you guys to pursue the good types of persistency in your life. To eagerly want these things. But like I was saying before, for some reason, when it comes to God, we aren't so persistent for some reason. You know, maybe you've prayed for something. And you ask God for it. And you say, God, please give me this. God, I mean, maybe it's something serious. I mean, maybe you know someone who's sick and you prayed for that. And you said, God, can I please have healing for this person? And you know, you prayed and you prayed. And you, and you did put part of your heart into it. You really did try. You tried. But then you gave up because you didn't see an answer. Were you really persistent in your prayer in that moment? Did you really give it everything you had or did you do it half-hearted? See, guys, there's a big difference from being really persistent And being half-hearted when you pray. And see, here's what I think happens to us. This is why we stop praying bold prayers. And this is why we stop asking God to do big things in our life. It's because we pray once or twice half-heartedly. And we lose faith. We become discouraged. I can say that because I know that feeling in my life. I prayed bold prayers before. And nothing happened. And I was really 
really discouraged and I was really hurt for it and I gave up on it. I said, God, I don't, I don't know what this means or why this is happening like this, but you know what? I, I, I give up, God. It seems like you're not listening. It seems like you don't care, so I let go of this and I moved on. And you know what? I just thought that this issue was going to be part of my life forever. And maybe you guys know what that feeling is like. Maybe you know what it's like to pray for something big and never see an answer or never get an answer. Or maybe it's in your relationship with God. Maybe you said in 2012, God, this will be the year that I finally get close to you. This will be the year when I get rid of some things in my life. And you started right. You started reading your Bible. And maybe you did for the first three days. And then it got boring. You're like, God, this is boring. I don't want to do this. And you lost the persistency in it. And you gave up. Guys, we give up way too easily when it comes to the things of God. And it's a really, really big problem. And guys, here's what I want to say is when it comes to prayer and when it comes to answering those things, here's what we believe as a church. And and, and one of our pastors here at this church, Doug, said this. And I just think it's important that we know this. Is that when we pray, this is what we believe as a church. And I'm paraphrasing this. It's not exactly what he said. But we we think that often the answer to our prayers will be yes. And sometimes the answers will be wait. And a few times the answers will be no. But the truth is, mostly what we see in our generation and in our time is the answer no. We see it no, no. But is it really a no or do we, is it really a no from God or do we just take it as a no because we're not being persistent? See guys, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think we should be seeing a lot more yeses than what we do. So just maybe it's because we're not being as persistent as we should. And what's at stake tonight, guys, is if if you miss this, is if you aren't persistent in your walk with Jesus, then you will never see the breakthrough that you want to see. Guys, I've just come to that, that place in my life that I know I will never see the breakthrough unless I am persistent with him, unless I constantly bring it to him. And tonight we're going to look at a verse of scripture in the book of Luke. And I actually shared from this um, verse the last night of Tuscarora. And then I felt like God really put it in my heart. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about that story a little bit later in the message. But in case this seems familiar to some of you guys, it's because I read it that third night. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start in verse 1, Luke 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. So let's break this down in parts. Let's go to the first part again. Let me just read that first part. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. See, that part is important because Jesus is trying to get something across. He's trying to say that this was a very, very difficult situation for this, one, for this widow. That this was a really, really difficult situation. Because this judge didn't care what people thought or what they had to say. When he made up his mind, it was it. And it was going to be a really, really difficult time for her to get justice if she really wanted it. And that should speak to some of you guys tonight. To some of you guys who have a really big problem in your life today, something that is standing before you that is a really hard issue, the widow in this story can relate to you. Because this judge, he was a wicked man. 
He was hard. He didn't care about God or anything about what people thought. And so that's important for you guys to know in the beginning of the scripture, that this was going to be a really hard task for this woman to get justice. And so let's go to verse three again. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. We don't know what her problem was, guys. We don't know what it was. But the one thing that I take away from this verse is that she kept coming. She kept coming with her plea. And I just feel like she just kept coming to him over and over. Give me justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. And you know, when I think about this story, for some reason, I just get this one face in my head and I just can't get it out. And I just wanted to show you the, who, this woman that I thought was probably like. That, that is Andrew's grandma, in case you guys were wondering. But uh, I don't know why in the story. I just picture her as the widow. And she would just keep coming and coming. You can laugh. It's okay. You can laugh at Andrew's grandma. It's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> she's a very sweet woman. She brings some fruit snacks every Sunday night. She's a great grandma. And uh, you can take it down so uh, the kids can, won't be distracted. <laughs> But I just picture Andrew's grandma doing that. I don't know why, but I picture her just doing that, just coming to this judge just week after week. Give me justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. So let's see what happens in this situation. Let's go to verse 4. For some time, the judge refused. He refused to give this woman justice, guys. So she's coming to him every day. Give me justice. Give me justice. He refuses. See, this part of the the verse is really important, guys, because the answer didn't come right away. It didn't happen the first time she went up to him and said, give me justice. It took some time. She had to keep coming, guys, but he still refused. And right here, guys, this is where you and I get discouraged. This is where we stop seeking God. When... The answer still hasn't changed. But you know, guys, there's going to be something different about this woman. She isn't going to be like us. And let's see what she does. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, this is kind of where I picture Andrew's grandma. I'm sorry, Andrew. I will see that she gets justice so that she eventually won't come and attack me. I love that. That this old judge is suddenly like really scared of this old widow. She thinks she's going to attack him. I don't know why I think of Andrew's grandma there. But it's, it's, I'm sorry, Andrew. I'm probably going to get this back really bad for thinking about this. But it's okay. But this judge finally gives in, guys. After a long time of waiting, this woman finally gets what she was seeking. He finally gives her a justice, not because she said anything elegant, not because of how she brought it before him, not because she had a great case of why she deserved justice, but for this one reason, because she was willing to be persistent. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us how long until she got justice, but, but guys, I, I feel like it was a long time, maybe six months, maybe a year of her just coming to this man every day. She drove him crazy until she got her justice. Let's see what Jesus has to say about this parable. He's going to make it a little bit clearer for us now. Verse 6, And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust just says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? 
Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and get it quickly. So Jesus says, just like that unjust woman, that's how you guys are supposed to be in prayer. That you shouldn't give up no matter how difficult the situation looks, no matter how hard it seems. Be persistent until you get your justice. He says, will God resist the ones who cry out to him night and day? No. He, will, he says he'll move on it quickly. But guys, that's exactly what it takes sometimes. Sometimes it takes us praying night and day. Sometimes it takes us going to him constantly until we see that breakthrough that we are looking for. And so what I want to tell you guys today is if you have something in your life that you've been praying for, be consistent with it. Be persistent because God wants to move on it. The question is, do you really want it? How badly do you want to see the breakthrough happen? Will you be persistent as this widow coming day and night to get the answer? I think the reason why a lot of us have stopped this, and the reason why we aren't persistent is because of discouragement, like I was saying earlier. And, you know, guys, when I was at Tuscarora and I felt like God was really just putting this verse on my heart, it, it was a little bit of a point of discouragement for me. I'm, Kevin had told me he had to leave that night and he wasn't going to be around for the prayer time. And suddenly this discouragement hit me. And I just kind of, after he said that, I just kind of went to my room and I was just like, God, what are we going to do? It's, it's the third night and our speaker's leaving? He's supposed to lead the prayer time, God. It's, he's supposed to seek you out on this. What's going to happen now? And you know, I spent the whole night just in discouragement. It was skit night. We were having a great time. Everyone was laughing. And that was just weighing in my heart, that discouragement. It was just eating at me. And, and Kevin does a great job in his message. And he ends and he asked me to pray for him and his wife before they leave. And this is while I, the, the band is back up. So I'm praying for them and I'm discouraged. And, and as I'm praying for them, God just, just gave me some unique things just to say to them. And, and as I was saying them, God just spoke to me in that moment. And he said, Joey, when they leave, I want you to get out of the room. I want you to open up your Bible. And when you open it up, you will know exactly what you were supposed to do tonight. I said, okay, God. And so I opened up my Bible. I was all alone. I sat in the back of the room. And I literally looked at the page. And I felt like this wasn't the page. And I turned one over. And there this verse was. And it was like it was glowing at my eyes. And God just got my full attention as I began to read it. And God said, that's what I want you to do tonight, Joey. That's what tonight is going to look like. And so I said, okay, God, if that's what you want. And I went up to the front of the room and I read this scripture. And the rest, God took over, guys. As you guys that were there know that we were persistent with him that night. That we fought for God's presence that night. And it showed up in some really, really powerful ways as we heard through some of the testimonies last week. But here's what I want to tell you guys. Don't stop praying bold prayers just because you haven't seen answers before. That's something that God has just really been encouraging me in this new year. Because that's something that stopped me, if I was honest with you guys. I stopped praying bold prayers in my life because so many of the things I was seeing weren't happening. And you know, this year, God, I just feel like God's been speaking to me and the staff really, just really specifically, saying that this is the year to pray big prayers. And I, and I speak that into you guys. And I believe that's for you guys too. And I believe for that is for us as a church. You know, one of the big prayers that God has really just been pushing on my heart lately 
is, is that our church would just double in size, that we would grow in six months. And, and you can ask these guys is that this has been my prayer of late. And, and it's a bold prayer, and I'm throwing myself out there when I say this. But this is what I've been saying. I've been saying, God, is you take this small church on 347, and you change Long Island with it, because I know you're able. And see, that's something that only God can do, guys. And that's a bold prayer. And you know what? I've been persistent with it. Because I know if I'm persistent with it, like the widow, then I will have my breakthrough. Then I will get my justice from God. See, guys, I think we forget so often the promises of Jesus in the Bible. So, so often we forget these promises. Just before, as I was getting ready for this message this morning, I was just doing a little time alone with God. And just remind me of that verse. That it says, a tiny, tiny mustard seed of faith can move a mountain. And I looked it up on Google. It's, it's, it's literally just something like literally that big, guys. That can move a mountain if we ask it to in the name of Jesus. See, guys, I knew that verse. And I used to say it all the time. But then I lost it. I lost that belief and that faith in my heart because I saw things that weren't happening. But lately, that's something God has been re-sparking. And here's what I want to tell you guys. In 2012, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell some of the mountains to move in my life. Some of the things that have been happening in my life that I've just been giving in because I haven't been persistent in my prayer, I'm going to tell those mountains to move in this year. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray every day until I see my justice, until I get my justice. I'm going to pray for the people that I love that are sick until I get my justice, until I see every single one of those mountains move in my life. And I pray that you guys would do the same thing. What are the mountains in some of your lives today? What are the things that you've been praying for? Maybe it's for your relationship with God. Maybe it's for your parents. Maybe their marriage has been falling apart and you've been saying, God, take this and heal this. And you feel like he hasn't done anything. This is your year, guys. This is your year to see that mountain move. Because Jesus tells us we can if we do it in his name. And I believe the Bible with all my heart. And I'm going to see these mountains move in my life. So that's what I want you guys to think about tonight. Is what are these mountains in your life? And start tonight. Let tonight be the first night that you go to the judge and you be persistent with him. Because here's what's true, guys, is that there is a God who is relentless and persistent for you tonight. The Bible says that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father ever interceding for us. He's sitting there praying for you and I constantly that we would see the mountains move in our life, that we would see the breakthrough that we've been looking for. I don't know what your mountain is tonight, but here's what I believe, is that you can see it move. Because not only because you are praying, but because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you. No matter how big the issue is this year, guys, no matter how hard it seems, Jesus can move that mountain in your life. So be persistent with him. Pray with him and be relentless in this new year. But you have to be persistent with it. Keep pushing until you get your answer. And so here's what I want you guys to walk away with tonight. This is it. Be persistent and see, and see the mountains move in your life. Not maybe they will move, but see and watch the mountains move in your life. Let's pray. God, I thank you that the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead lives in us today, Lord God. That same spirit that was nailed 
to a cross was given to us and now lives inside of us, Lord God. And I, and, and I pray, Jesus, that that spirit would come more and more alive in us in this new year. God, I pray that this would be a year of praying bold prayers, God. God, that this would be a year of interceding, no matter how discouraged we've been in the past, Lord. I pray that this year, God, that many mountains would be moved. God, I pray that many testimonies would come, God, in this year of people moving mountains in their life. God, I pray for our youth group tonight, God. God, that you would move the mountains in our youth group that's keeping us at 80 or 100 people, Lord. And I pray, God, that it would change, God, that by the end of this year, God, tonight in front of everyone, I pray that we would be at 160 kids on a Friday night, Lord, God. I pray tonight for people who have been praying big prayers for sickness, God. Some people who have been been hurting in this room because of family members that are sick or, or they're sick, God. I pray, God, that you would give them the tenacity, Lord, God, that you would place inside them the persistence to get their justice, Lord God. That it's time for us to start seeing more yeses, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are more than able to do these things, God. So help us, God. I know how hard it can be to keep praying when we're not seeing any answer, God. But give us that persistence, Lord. Because you are able, Jesus. God, help us with our faith, Lord. Increase it in this new year, Lord God. I pray, God, that we would see many, many breakthroughs in this new year, God. We just thank you so much, Jesus, for all that you are, Lord. I pray that tonight would be the change in many lives, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.